the Power for Good podcast. I'm your host, Christina Ray Almeida, entrepreneur, environmental advocate, somatic healer, life coach, and really just a grateful part of this beautiful planet. I'm also a former alcoholic and addict, and I'm here to ask some really hard questions while diving deep and discovering how influential people are using their power for good or not. What happens when someone goes through an awakening? Can people really change? How and why? Let's explore. Hello loves, and welcome back to the Power for Good podcast, a space where we connect with influential people and dive into how they are using their power for good. Today's guest is Cornelia Slunsky, AKA Coco Beauty. She's a former makeup artist and beauty expert who moonlights as a content creator, podcaster, dating coach, and supporter of all things female empowerment. We actually met on set and she is an amazing makeup artist and a lot of fun. An educated consumer and beauty junkie at heart, she loves to share her daily life, advice, and a few funny moments with a diverse international audience. She has created a trusted female follower base who look to her not only for beauty tips or her favorite products, techniques, but most importantly, ways to boost their confidence and improve their self-worth. Cornelia's niche is simple and effective. She promotes missions that she believes in and that empower women to live their best high standard lives. In this juicy episode, Cornelia shares all her tips on boosting confidence, woman empowerment, setting high standards, and how to even know if you're in the right relationship. The question is, what would Coco do? Listen to find out. Hello, loves, and welcome back to the Power for Good podcast. I'm here today with a very special guest and friend of mine, Cornelia Slunsky, aka Coco Beauty. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here and I'm excited for our juicy conversation today. I'm down. I'm ready for all of your questions. You asked me before we started if I wanted to kind of discuss the questions and I'm like, no, I want you to go straight in because that's going to give my authentic answer and opinion about the questions. I think that's the best way to do it, honestly. Keep it real. Keep it raw. Keep it authentic. I think that's your vibe. That's your brand, you know? That is definitely my vibe. And it took a lot of self-love and growth to get to the point where you just are authentically you. And I'm sh- I mean, that's a big part of what you are doing as a brand. So I'm, I'm really excited to chat about all these topics. I feel that. <laughs> I'm going to start with one question that I ask everyone that comes on this show, which is, how are you using your power for good? I think that I am trying to teach women how to love themselves more. And then they're going to find people, they're going to surround themselves with people who will love them the same. Because I think my journey, my my self-love journey was complex. And I had a phase in my life that I totally lost myself in who I was. And I'm sure that a lot of women go through the same thing. And they didn't know who to talk to. They didn't have, didn't have a way out. And then I was able to get myself out of that funk or whatever situation I was going through. And I hope to be there for those other girls. And also, you know, when people ask you, like, who are you creating content for? You're basically creating content for you five, 10 years ago. That person that you needed, that's who I am right now. And I remember, I mean, the situation that I'm talking about, I I went through a really, really bad breakup that completely destroyed me. And when I was going through that breakup, I was trying to understand why do I feel the way I feel? Why does... 
Why does it hurt so much? And I didn't, at that time, there wasn't, social media wasn't the way it is today. So I was just YouTubing and watching TED Talks and stuff like that. So I'm basically trying to make it easier for girls who are struggling either with self-love or they're going through a really bad relationship or they are trying to figure out what they're going to do with their life. Because I also changed a bunch of careers. I I mean, we're definitely going to get into that, I'm sure, in the conversation. But my journey was all over the place. And I feel like finally now, as a 31-year-old woman, I know what I want and I know what I... I just know myself more. That's what I'm trying to... That's how I'm trying to spread, <laughs> spread the word, spread good. And I love it. So beautiful. Thank you. But let's talk a little bit about career change and, and how you've gone through that journey of connecting to your purpose. Yeah. So I born and raised in Croatia. I moved to the US when I was 22. I started, as I said, I changed a lot of careers, but growing up, I was very into beauty. I was a hair model. I was in that space for a bit, but Croatia is a small country. So there's not a lot of beauty jobs or it wasn't back then. I mean, think about it. 10, 15 years ago, you would say that you wanted to be a makeup artist, hairstylist. People would make fun of you and they would be like, why don't you just get a real job? So I simultaneously, I was studying journalism because I'm very outgoing. I want to talk. I like to talk to people. I wanted to be on camera and I always had, a. I like the social media world. And I moved to the US when I was 22. I was still in school. I wasn't supposed to stay here. I was a part of an exchange program while I was in school. And then I just realized everything I wanted in life is possible. I was just born in the wrong place. Not the wrong place. I, I love Croatia. Don't get me wrong. And I, I never want people to think that I don't love where I came from. I absolutely love where I came from. And a lot of things that I preach, quote unquote, today comes from my European background and that mentality. But just in the US, there's more opportunities. Like nobody can say that's not true. Like you can just build your career here if you want to do that. So beauty, journalism, and then obviously as pretty much anybody who's in their 20s and trying to just make money, I was waitressing. And I learned a lot in that world in hospitality space. And in back in Croatia, I was also managing some nightclubs and stuff. I always worked. Since I was 16, I always worked. I always wanted to do more. And I always wanted to grow myself. Even though my parents gave me my allowance, like we were comfortable. But I was like, I want to do this myself because I don't want to tell, like I, if my mom gives me $100, I don't want her to ask me later, did you use it all? Like I, I wanted to be very independent. Then when I moved here, I was really pursuing my make makeup artistry career simultaneously, you know, working in restaurants and just trying to figure everything out myself. And I started being, you know, makeup really started taking off and I was pretty good at it. And I had an agent and we were doing a bunch of things everywhere. And then the pandemic happened. So for a year, you know, everything was shut down. And by the end of 2020, the world started opening up, Miami specifically, and a lot of companies started to move their production to Miami. And they were doing photo shoots here. And that's how I pretty much realized that I wanted to move to Miami because every time I would come to Miami, I was happy and I was fulfilled. And I don't know if it's the sunshine or what it is, but Miami <laughs> just, I don't know, I'm so happy here. I think I finally... I wake up and I'm I'm great. New York was amazing, but seven, eight years of New York really takes a toll on you. And it just, it's just energy draining. <laughs> you, you just can't really, it's never enough. My, my entire life is like, I wasn't supposed to do that, but then I did that. And then I realized this is what I wanted to do. So I was coming to Miami, I was flying back and forth. And then I realized, okay, I'll just move here. And I got a place for six months. I loved it. So here I am a year and a half later, still in Miami, but an important part of that is when I moved to Miami, TikTok started blowing up. I mean, it was blowing up a while, but I was still a little unsure 
what I wanted to do in life. And, you know, the pandemic kind of confused everybody, but also opened up a lot of doors and eyes. So when I came here, I started posting these videos, things that we should knew before I moved to Miami. I started posting that on TikTok. And that kind of blew up. And then I started posting them on Instagram. And when I say blow up, it was the first time that I was posting content, people were reacting to it, whether it was positive or negative. It just, it just did something. It created an emotion in people. Maybe they agreed with my content, they disagreed, they were laughing. One thing after another, I just started posting on TikTok. And I was posting a bunch of different content because I was trying to figure out what's going to be my niche in TikTok. And I posted from, you know, my morning smoothie to a day in life to makeup hack to I was trying everything. And what I realized works best for me is when I'm just speaking my mind, I'm very outspoken and all of my friends know that I, you know, I, I'm opinionated, <laughs> but but people around me were um, acquaintances that didn't really know me as a per, like, you know, deep down. They were like, wow, we never knew you were funny. We never knew you had something to say. There was just a lot of comments around my new social media persona because until then I was just posting makeup tutorials, you know, very, okay, I'm just here. I'm just posting my work, but I'm not making a difference. Like I'm not impacting anybody's life with a makeup tutorial. I started posting these TikToks and then there was this one video that really blew up. It was about dating. And then I realized that people are so lost in the dating world. And because I was in a long relationship before, I never really consumed content about dating. I was just like, it wasn't a thing before. I mean, social media can't change entirely in the pandemic. One thing after another, I started posting a lot of dating videos, dating content on TikTok and Instagram. And then I started my podcast and I had a merch drop. So like, there's a bunch of things that I'm, I'm you know, I'm still building my brand the way I, I really like, I'm really ambitious and I really want to take this to a, another level. But for now, my main thing is content creation, social media. I do some consulting. A lot of people just want to talk to me. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm a licensed anything. Like they know that I'm just a girl who <laughs> is 31 years old, who moved here on her, on her own. And, you know, I when I went through my heartbreak a while ago, I went through a lot of therapy. So I think that I really understand why people do certain things. So that's my long story. Not that short, but... <laughs> oh, thank you for sharing that. So beautiful, your journey. Congratulations on all the twists and the turns. I feel like we're so multidimensional and able to really just continue to flow and adapt and change. And I think that's what's so beautiful about certain people. I think women in particular are able to really adapt and to really change and to continue to evolve when they're open to it, you know? It's, it's just accepting change. And when you accept change, you can create so much. You create, when you accept the, the, when you create space and you're open to, to change, you create space. That's what I'm trying to say. And then you allow opportunities to come in and you see the opportunities. When you get stuck in your ways and, and in the comfort, you're not open to the opportunities. You don't open the doors. You don't open the gates to anything to come in. You know, so the way that you're able to just move around so much. And I think moving from a young age makes a difference. I moved here from Mexico when I was young and I think I got used to, to change, to moving. And I think that opens us up to, to just being more open in general and to the opportunities that may come and to just adapting and to understanding different kinds of people in different kinds of situations. And I think people who move from a different country, they have this ability to become friends, I mean, not necessarily friends, but they have this ability to talk to people and to connect with people differently than somebody who, let's say they grew up in the same town, they have the same group of friends, they go to the same, you know, 
it's it's interesting. I have a boyfriend now for it was I think two years almost, and he grew up in the U.S. Had the same group of friends. You know, he has a really stable situation. I would say when it comes to his, as I said, I moved around a lot. My family moved with their work. I went to New York. I went like I've just moved around a lot. And he asked me, "How do I have this ability to make friends?" And I, you know, moving to Miami two years ago, I was alone. I just came here on my own. I'm like, yeah, let me see what Miami is all about. And I found friends very quickly. But it's because I was always forced to do it. It's not that I I didn't even realize that I have this ability of just you know, opening up and then connecting with people who, as you said, you know, they're open to change and they're open to receiving certain things. So if you are not open to connect with new people, you're not going to connect with new people. I know this was totally grammatically incorrect, but (laughs) I hope you got the point. No, I get it. Totally. And it makes sense. And I feel totally aligned. Being able to to move to a new place, make new friends. I feel the same thing having moved to Miami and being alone again and then starting fresh, but just it's being open. And I think it's what you bring to the space as well. You know, and people feel that. So I want to talk a little bit about relationships. And obviously you have your TikTok account. What would Coco do? (laughs) (laughs) My favorite. I just love how you talk about setting, setting high standards. And can you share a little bit more about how you created this and and why what's the, the the mission inspiration behind it and that's the first part of the question the second part of the question is how do you really know if the da- person you're dating is is high enough standards for you you know like how do you know that you've set high enough standards for yourself first of all this video that i posted that i told you blew up it was a video where where i was saying that i do not accept a coffee or a walk as a possible date option and neither should you and then i went all in uh, explaining why women should not accept a coffee and a walk as a first date. And that video received a lot of backlash because people were, first of all, we need to keep in mind social media is created for people that, you know, you need to post something dramatic or you need to post something that's maybe exaggerated to get somebody's attention. And I see this even with my content now that changed, obviously, as I also changed and matured as a person. When I post something that is like two people talking and I'm just giving you advice as a mature adult, it doesn't really hit the same way as when I say something dramatic and, you know, oh my God, then people, you know, so for social media, for anybody listening that maybe is interested in social media, you have to know that you have to create content that's gonna struck some kind of emotion in people. So in that video, I was, you know, I was very animated and I was all dolled up and I was, you know, just throwing my finger around, whatever. But coffee and a walk for me, it's the, the lowest effort somebody can put in if they want to take somebody out. So for me, where I come from, I'm European, as I said, a guy, and this is for, I'm just talking in general, like a guy wants to take a girl out on a date and he's going to show her a good time. Where I come from, guys are the one who are leading the way. I know the world changed and I know, you know, sexuality, everything is like, you know, you know what I mean. But where I come from, guys are the one who are leading. They're leaders. They're the one who are chasing the girl, whatever. So for me, a coffee and a walk is just like completely... I don't know. It was just such a low effort date. And I just, I created this video because that's what all of us girls talk about. Oh my God, this guy invited me on a coffee date. Is he crazy? Like, why would I ever go on a coffee date? But then it got so much backlash and I didn't understand why. Because I also didn't understand that people today, they're dating just to date. They're not dating to, I don't even know how to explain it. I, I spoke about this topic so many times and every time I get so confused explaining like, why would anybody ever accept a coffee and a walk as a first date? I just feel like that's such a, as if you're going on an 
interview. It's like a first level of interviewing somebody and then you're just checking if it matches, like if you guys have any vibe going on and then you decide to go on a dinner date or something. But people were pissed off because obviously dinner is quote unquote expensive. But I never said that you have to go to like a fancy restaurant or anywhere. I just said like, go take a girl out to dinner because then you you can meet, you can learn so much about a human being if you go on a dinner date. And I went into extensive details. I explained this in, in total detail in one of my podcast episodes. And we can, I, we don't need to talk about this right now, but. But isn't it, isn't the first date, isn't it an interview? It is kind of, but okay, I'll, I'll get into my, my theory. Why is, why is dinner date the best first date? So I'm a little old school. So I always say that a guy has to pick you up. But again, that was coming from my experience. At the time, I was single and I wasn't really using dating apps because Miami was pretty open. People just, you can just meet people anywhere. You know, if you go out, people approach. Miami is very friendly in that sense. And New York was as well. So I said, you got to pick me up. And then people came at me saying, well, why would I go with a stranger? Why would I go get into a stranger's car? I'm like, but why would you date strangers? It didn't even occur to me at that time that people are going on dates just on blind dates. For me, it was like, why would I even go on a date with somebody that I don't know? As a 31-year-old woman now, like I have a lot going on. You know, I have my career, I have my friends, I have my family. Okay, I have a boyfriend now, but like even if I didn't have it, even if I didn't have my boyfriend, I wouldn't just go on random dates with random dudes that hit me up and send me a few texts and they're like, okay, let's meet up. I'm very selective with who I give my time. If I don't see that that person wants to really see me, because a lot of people that I said this before, a lot of people date just to date. They don't really care about you. They want to go on a date. They want to hook up. They want to spend time with a beautiful girl. They just want to go on a date. So for me, if somebody really wants to take me out, they really need to make an effort. Like they really need to do something for me to get up, get out of my apartment and get all dressed up and go out and meet them. So for me, it was just like, why would I ever waste my time going on a date with somebody who doesn't really put any effort towards, you know, taking me out and showing me a good time? And then people were saying, well, you don't, you can also get to know somebody if you go on a coffee date, but I don't agree because it's just at a dinner date, you are spending more time together and you're surrounded with more people and you can see how that person interacts with other people. And this is an example I like to use. Let's say if you're at a dinner date with someone and there's a waiter who drops a full tray of drinks, you can see the way that person, I'm very observative, so you can see the way that person First of all, does he even look back? Does he say something like, oh my God, I, I, I hope he's okay? Or he says something like, oh my God, look at this clumsy idiot. <laughs> Notice the details. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see that you, there's so many things that you can see based, I mean, so many things you can see about a person on a dinner date, but we all have different standards and it's up to you to decide what are your standards. So for some people going on a coffee walk date is fine. That's their standard. That's great. Like I'm not trying to change anybody's standards. I'm just trying to tell you that whatever you want, whatever works for you, that is possible. So if you want a guy to... You know, do if you want a guy who's going to do X, Y, Z extravagant things for you, that person is somewhere out there. And I 100% believe in that. There's somebody out there who's going to love you the way you want to be loved. So that's basically what I'm trying to, I'm just trying to tell these girls who are following me and I talk to them all the time. Like my DMs are always full with girls asking me, sending me screenshots of their problems and I'm answering their questions. 
And usually when, let's, for example, somebody has a situation with their boyfriend, they ask me, so they tell me like, he did this and this and that, and he hurt my feelings and blah, blah. And I ask her, so why do you want to be with him? Why does that kind of behavior, why is he still attractive to you? If somebody doesn't reply to your text, it's if somebody doesn't respect you, if somebody doesn't, you know, do what they say they're going to do. So why is that type of person still attractive? Because when you really, really love yourself and you really know who you are and when you know what you deserve, you're not going to put up with that kind of bullshit. At least that's what I think. That is the truth, but easier said than done, right? It is. But also I have to say, I did a lot of work on myself. I really, I really, self-development is something I'm really passionate about. And I think also you can demand, you can demand certain things from your partner, but you also have to play the part. You know, you have to work towards being the best version of yourself. You can't tell your partner that he didn't do X, Y, Z, but meanwhile, you're not doing what you said you're going to do. So it goes both ways. You can demand the world from somebody if you're not willing to give yourself the world. Mm, I love that. Yeah. The self-love journey, self-worth journey. It's a long journey. I do have done a lot of work there. For a long time, I felt, well, I, what I realized is I had been really using relationships to fill a hole within me and finding the same kind of guy over and over that was very sort of abusive in many ways. And yet I would feel very stuck. And I think a lot of women find themselves feeling really stuck. You know, he does whatever disrespects you, doesn't show you enough love, doesn't do the right things, but then you feel this sort of like attachment. It's hard to explain, you know, that it's a feeling that you've are stuck in the relationship and you can't kind of live without the person. So what do you recommend for women who are, or anyone really feeling this sort of stuck feeling in the relationship or they're in love, you know, blaming it on love or whatever they're blaming it on? How do they empower themselves? How do they, what are some tools for that they can work on to, to further their self-love journey? Or what would you recommend for somebody that's in this space? I first think that every relationship is full of compromise. So you can't expect that another person is going to check all of your boxes because we all have these, you know, we are not perfect. So why are you expecting from your partner to be perfect? We just have to be very kind also to, you know, to us and to our partners. So you can't always demand some things that you can't even deliver yourself. But when it comes to being in a relationship and you feel stuck with your partner, you also have to ask yourself, why are you still in this relationship? That's my biggest thing. Like, why are you still there? I had that situation, as I said before, I had a really bad relationship. And one day I just, I, I'm, I'm never going to forget. I literally, I see myself right now. I was looking at myself in the mirror, crying hysterically about whatever we were fighting about. I don't even remember. And I just asked myself, is this your life? Is this really, is this it? Is this how you're going to wake up every day? Is this how you're going to go to sleep every day? Because this is your choice. Inaction is a choice. If you choose to stay with that person, you chose to feel that way. You know, maybe he is treating you horribly. I'm not, I'm not justifying him for treating you like shit, but why are you staying there? I posted this. I think this is one of my first posts on Instagram 10 years ago. If you're not happy somewhere, you can always move. You're not a tree. So why don't you just... <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I just think that if you feel stuck, you, you first off, journaling is great. I'm a big believer in journaling and meditation. And that's something I just got into last year. And ever since then, my life completely changed. And I was always laughing at those people who were telling me that I have to meditate and things are going to start making more sense. But now I'm like, oh my God, I wish I was doing this since I was 14. But you just have to be very honest with yourself also. So for example, if you're in a relationship and you feel stuck, you have to ask yourself, okay, why are you staying there? So does he provide maybe financial security? Does he provide emotional security? Are you staying with him because your family is connected? Like, why are you there? 
Like ask yourself, like truly ask yourself, why are you still there? Put it on a piece of paper, pros and cons, and then just see outweigh the pros and cons. And as I said, everything's about compromise. So if, if you're dating somebody and maybe your sex life is not great, talk about it. Maybe just you guys are speaking a different sexual language. That's something I learned recently. Like everybody has a different sexual language. So a lot of guys actually write to me telling them that their girls don't want to have sex anymore. They don't know what to do. So it's all about open and honest communication, but just being very, very honest. I know honesty is difficult sometimes because you think you're going to hurt somebody's feelings, but I think nothing can be resolved in a relationship without actual communication. Yeah. I think two of the most important things in a relationship are communication and honesty and respect. I'll add to that. Those three things. Yeah. When somebody doesn't respect you, your relationship cannot grow because they don't respect you as a human being. They don't respect what you're saying. They don't respect your, they just don't, they don't respect you. And when you were asking me about a relationship where you feel stuck and maybe you feel this you feel something in you that, you know, maybe you love him so much, but you see that's not good for you. I think that there's a level of toxicity there. And a lot of people are staying in these toxic relationships because when, when you have good days, they're so good. But then when you have bad days, it's so bad. But I think that love doesn't have to feel like that. Love is actually very calm. And when you actually love somebody and they love you back, you feel secure. But when you're in a relationship that's bad for you, you have these crazy ups and downs and all this, you know, drama around all the time. So, I mean, it, you have to make a decision for yourself. And thinking about what love really means, you know, I, I like the idea of really the stability. And I love the way that that the Buddhists talk about love, which is really just wanting the other person to be happy. And I think in Western culture, our idea of love is very needy. It's, I need you. Two halves make a whole rather than like two individuals separately living separate lives, wanting each other to succeed, wanting each other to be happy independently and then coming together. You know, and I do really believe that that is what love is, is really wanting the other person to be happy, happy no matter what with me, without me, whatever. I think that is true love. No, I love that. I never, I never really thought about what love is, but that feeling of security and that feeling of that you don't question anything. You know, life happens. There's a lot of difficult times in everyone's lives. As we get older, they come bigger and, you know, problems happen, but you staying in a relationship with somebody and know that that person is going to be there for you and is actually going to help you. And they're going to try to solve your problem because a lot of times when people are in relationships and they start, you know, maybe they're going through some tough times and they're fighting and they're just blaming each other. But the problem is not even between them. The problem is something else. Like, for example, if, you know, nobody, I'll just use a silly example. If let's say you didn't throw out the trash and then you blame your partner, why didn't you throw out the trash? It's like, you know, it's just like pointing fingers, but the problem is not really who did it, who didn't do it. it the problem is much bigger, maybe. I think I'm going on a tangent now, but it's, yeah, love is very complex, but when you find somebody who actually understands you and loves you, it feels more secure. Trust, safety, security, it's love. <laughs> I love that. So you talk a lot about how empowering women is important to you. How did this become part of your mission and why is it important to you? So it's interesting. I never really considered myself as a girl who is empowering other women until recently when I realized that's what I... I also, my, my journey with social media was also my personal journey. So I grew with whatever was going on on Instagram and TikTok. So my videos first started like, oh my God, this guy needs to pay for your dinner, blah, blah, blah. It was just very, I, I would say shallow even. And with posting more and more content, 
I started to realize what I'm actually trying to say. Also, keep in mind, English is not my first language. So sometimes like expressing myself in a foreign language, it's difficult. And I didn't even know what I'm trying to, you know, tell the world. But I I just realized that, you know, you are your best friend and you need to be really good to yourself. I, I we, we, we were born alone and we're going to die alone. So you're going to be with yourself every single day. So you need to make sure that you love yourself. That is the biggest thing in anybody's life. And when you actually start loving yourself, you're going to start making decisions that are actually good for you. And I just, I don't know. I, I think that when I was going through these you know, hard situation, whatever, heartbreak. I, I don't even want to talk about my, you know, past, but I just, I think I just needed somebody to tell me that I can do it. And that's what I'm trying to, and I actually had a great therapist who saved me. Like she, she opened my eyes and so many, like, I, I love her so much. I just, I, I'm just, I don't know. I'm t- trying to just tell these women that whatever they want in life is possible. Because my whole life growing up in a small country, whenever I, you know, I have a really supportive family, like we're we're all great. But when I was growing up, if I would say, oh, I want to move to America and I want to build my empire, you know, people would say, oh, come on. Okay, relax. Like, it's okay. You don't have to do that, you know? And And I say this sometimes, if I'm too much, go find less. And people were always telling me that whatever I wanted was too much. Like, why? Why do you need so much? Why do you just like tone it down? I was, I think I was, my whole life, I was told to tone it down, not by my family. I never want, they're great. We're, we love each other so much, but my surroundings coming from a small place, it's like, if you have big dreams, people look at you as if you're an alien. And I made all of my dreams. I mean, not all of them, but I, I'm working towards making my dreams come true. And I want to inspire other women by example, actually, you know, because when I started my podcast, it was in May of this year and I gave a promise to myself. I gave a promise to myself that I'm going to start this podcast by May. My first episode dropped May 31st, even though I was not ready. You did it. It was not. <laughs> I did it. I did it. I was like, if I don't drop this in May, I will disappoint myself. When you disappoint yourself, you don't have faith in yourself anymore. And you kind of stop. You don't have that much respect for yourself. Unless you do the things you said you're going to do, that's actually how you build confidence. By giving promises to yourself and actually delivering. And then you're going to see, well, I can do this. It's so easy. You just have to follow through. Yeah. Building rapport with yourself. I love that. And actually, it was leading into my next question, which is, what are some of the tools that you can offer listeners for boosting their confidence and improving their self-worth? So what are some other things that you think can help with this? This is something I also struggle with sometimes, but discipline, you have to be really disciplined about motivation and discipline. Discipline beats motivation every single time. If you wake up in the morning and you don't want to go to the gym, and I'm not saying I go to the gym every single day, but you just have to show up and you just go up there. And when you're there, you know, maybe you don't feel like doing an entire workout, just like walk on the treadmill, just do something for yourself. You have to start every single day by filling your cup first. That's something I'm really, really, really strict on. Whether I'm listening to a podcast or I'm meditating, I I love listening to guided meditations. Whether I'm doing that or I'm going for a walk or I'm doing whatever. I try not to be on my phone. Actually, I really don't like being on my phone in the morning because I want to treat myself first. Like I just want to do something nice for myself, whether it's taking a 15 minute shower or something, just like treat myself first and then you can start serving the world. So create a morning routine that works for you. And I know that, you know, today people have all, you know, they have a checklist of 15 things they're doing in the morning. You don't have to do all of those things. Start with one. One, like every day, let's say drink a glass of water on an empty stomach every single day or whatever you think that, you know, might help you. 
So start with one thing, but you need to create time for yourself throughout your day. Because if you are not treating yourself with love and respect, you're not going to be a good partner. You're not going to be a good friend. You're not going to be a good spouse. You're not going to, if your cup is not filled, how are you going to fill everybody else's cup? So you need to treat yourself first, love yourself first. That's what my what my therapist taught me is when she was asking me, like, why do you miss this relationship, for example? She was like, well, I miss all the things that we used to do. I love to go to the movies. I like to, I don't know, go eat sushi. She's like, why don't you just do this on your own? Just date yourself, you know, take yourself, do, do those nice things to yourself. And then when you see that you can treat yourself so nice, you're not going to accept a partner who's not going to treat you that nice. No, oh, I love that. Dating yourself. That's so, so beautiful. And I think it's true, like filling up your cup so much that it overflows, you know, and you're just affecting even those around you, but starting your day with really focusing on you. I actually have a friend and she was on my podcast recently and she has a podcast called Date Yourself Instead. And it's all about, you know, self-love and how sometimes we, I mean, in my podcast episode too, we were talking about how we just get lost in relationships and we're just trying to find you know, that other person to save us from whatever we're trying to be saved from instead of just putting all of that energy towards another person, just put it towards yourself and you're going to be with yourself your entire life. So why not? Yeah. Relationships are so difficult. One of the big struggles in relationships too is that the person really becomes our, like a big mirror as well for us, you know? So it can be such a great opportunity as well as such a great challenge because it's oftentimes you just staring yourself in the mirror as well. So a relationship can be the greatest time, as you said, for you to work on yourself, for you to really focus on yourself because here is this person literally just reflecting back you, all of you, triggering you all the time. Let's say if you are healed, if you're so good with who you are, you're not going to attract the type of person who is you know, wh whose life is in shambles and they're like so dramatic and they're like, uh, just losing, you know, when you are healed, you're going to attract people who are healed as well. But if you're not healed, and I know when I was in my single days, when I was attracting actual like, losers, real losers, guys who wouldn't even like guys who would send me a message like, yo, you up? And then I would come, you know, it's like you attract that type of people when that's when you think that's all you deserve. When you know your worth and you know what you deserve, you would never even look at a guy who would just send you a text like that. Yeah, I think that however we treat ourselves, that is what we invite in. We invite somebody to treat us as we treat ourselves. Exactly. Yeah, and you teach people how to treat you. After a while, you know, if you're with somebody and obviously life changes and things change. And, you know, if you're in a relationship and you see that it's going, it's not going in the direction you wanted it to go. Well, you have a few options. You can either stay in the relationship and try to fix it. You can voice your concerns to that partner and see if they do something about it. Because if, if your partner is doing something that's hurting you all of a sudden, you know, if they, they need to work on it, it's not going to happen overnight. And option number three is leave. So life and relationships are, you know, they're complicated, but they're actually not. It's like you have just a few options, either stay and work on it or leave. You know, I mean, I don't know if there's any anything else you can do about it. So my last question that I also always ask guests is, have you had a spiritual awakening? Do you feel like you've had a spiritual awakening in your life? And if so, when? I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Okay, I will tell you something that I don't think I shared on any other podcast, not even my own. Um, <laughs> it's 
spicy. <laughs> uh, so when I was in the pandemic, so so this whole situation that I'm talking about, this heartbreak, whatever, it happened in 2020 when COVID was going on. And I had I didn't do anything in regards to like my podcast, my social media, nothing that you see today that did not exist three years ago. But I was always on Instagram, but not, not in, I didn't post this type of content. And I wasn't self-aware at all. Spirituality was, it was an unknown term for me. So I was, as I said, I was so lost and I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. I was so heartbroken, whatever. And I was talking to astrologists and I was talking to all these people. I was just trying to find some answers. And there was this one girl who read my chart and she was like, your mission in life is to help people. And I'm like, fuck that. I don't want that. That's not, that's not me. I don't want that. That's just give me something else. Give me anything better. And I didn't know what she meant. But again, that was two, three years ago. So as my journey started, as my self-love, whatever, I don't even know how to call it, as my growth, I would just call it my growth. As my growth started, I just started to realize, wow, that's what she meant. And I wouldn't, I don't know if that's, I would call this a spiritual awakening, but I think right now I just started to trust myself more and I'm trying to, you know, when I'm going through hard times, I'm trying to see it's going to make sense. I know it's really, really difficult, but I remember back then, like if I wasn't this heartbroken, I wouldn't work on myself. You know, I, I wouldn't go to therapy. I wouldn't start listening to meditations. I wouldn't start journal. I wouldn't do any of that if I was still, quote unquote, happy. I was not really happy in that relationship, but I wouldn't do all the work. So something like that had to happen. So I do the work. So I become the person I was always meant to be. But again, it was my choice to do the work. Yeah. And you truly turned your pain into your passion, your purpose, which is so powerful. So I guess she was right. She was right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I love it. We got the, the inside scoop here. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining. You're truly a powerful woman and an inspiration. And this conversation has been one of the best that we've had on the podcast, one of the juiciest. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you? Where can people connect? Yes. First off, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure chatting. Uh, my Instagram TikTok is Coco Beauty. It's spelled with a K. It's K-O-K-O-B-E-A-U-T-E. And my podcast is called Bougie Best Friend by Cornelia Slinsky. Beautiful. Thanks everyone for tuning in. And thank you, Cornelia, for joining us. Thank you. I'm Christina Ray, and you've been listening to the Power for Good podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And join me next week for another powerful conversation. Share a story of how you are using your power for good by sending me a DM on my Instagram at Christina Ray Almeida. I'll be sharing your stories at the end of every episode weekly. If you're interested in learning more on how we can work together, head to my website, IamChristinaRay.com and let's connect. Sending you so much love and remember, you are powerful. Powerful.